Um, and we're a small company, so we're not paying what you know a Google or an AWS is paying, right? But we're we're attracting great talent, and that great talent usually comes with. Um, you know, delivers the great customer experience, you know, and the, the better people you have here, the better you're gonna do serving those customers. So that's, that's been one really important thing. It's the attitude that these employees have when a customer walks in, right? They're clean, they're organized, you know, these guys are there to service you. It's all about that attitude and, and, and kind of pushing it down and making them realize what the purpose of their work is. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. My name is Keith Fiveson. On this podcast, I had the pleasure of getting to know even better Mr. JP LaCour. He's the Senior Vice President at DataBank, a company that helps people understand data. He was recently on the Mindfulness Experience Podcast where we talked about his role at DataBank, but we talked about a lot more. JP is responsible for developing new ideas and ensuring that they work well. This includes overseeing how the company does things and making sure customers are happy and employees are happy, which kind of equals the same thing. People have called him an innovative thinker. I think that's uh, really not enough. Uh, he comes up with these new ideas easily, and he's really good at mobilizing teams to work together to come up with solutions that are cost-effective and provide positive benefits for the people and the organizations that he works with. I was delighted to hear his ideas. His enthusiasm is contagious. I believe you too will be impacted by his methodologies. Please welcome Mr. JP LaCour. Hey, 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 I am here with JP LaCour. JP, welcome to the Mindfulness Experience. How are you, man? What's going I'm great. on? I'm great, Keith. What is up with you? You look great. Good to hear your voice. Well, it's good to good to be with you. And you know, um, I I know you for quite a long time. I've been a part of your life journey, and have certainly seen your uh, corporate journey. And you know, you're mm -hmm. a guy with a lot of positivity, a lot of energy, and a lot of uh, vision. And I'm right now. You're you're working uh, over at DataBank. Um, Correct. Tell me, uh, can you describe, you know, what does DataBank do? And, you know, we're, we're talking about the mindfulness experience, but this is more around mm -hmm. the customer experience, the show. So what does DataBank do and how do you really help organizations be more mindful in their customer experience? Ah, uh -huh. there you Interesting. go. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so we're a data center company. Um, DataBank is headquartered down in Dallas. Uh, I'm the senior VP of marketing. And I also drive a lot of our cultural initiatives. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm close to the customer experience in terms of, um, you know, the, how the culture impacts that. <clears throat> and um, I, I come here after a long uh, period of consulting on my own, as you know, mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. sort of the intersection of brand and culture. Mm -hmm. So that was always my 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 expertise, my professional journey. And and, uh, and so as a data center company, we operate facilities around the, the country, about 65 of them that are large buildings that provide air conditioning, cooling, security, mm -hmm. network and power for um companies to come in and put their it workloads in there, now that sounds kind of boring that sounds kind of boring in some way doesn't it i mean you know but you know, it's, it's not the, i mean this is like this is like a it's like the you know it's like saying that your heart is a little boring yeah. right i mean because yeah, this is at the heart of every operation your nervous system yeah i mean yeah, data center literally every every interaction you have today with a digital device whether mm -hmm. it's 
um, you know, this call that we're on, it's something you do with your computer, reaching out to the internet, online banking, mm -hmm. picking up your phone, making mm -hmm. every one of those transactions at some point is passing through a data center somewhere. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, literally thousands of them you know, around the world. They are the lifeblood of the internet, just like mm -hmm. the network business, you know, where we are, where we started our careers. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's behind the scenes. You don't see it necessarily, but mm -hmm. it's, if it's not there, you know it, especially mm -hmm. today because our right. lives are so different. So when we start taking a look at data centers, I mean, a lot of people might be familiar with AWS, Amazon mm -hmm. and their yep. platform and their cloud platform. Your yep. your platform similar to that in some respect, right? Yeah, and it, and 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 they're actually in customers in some cases. So our buildings are um, they're multi-tenant data centers, so they have a lot of different customers in them. Um, they could be enterprises that are doing software as a service, uh, banking, you name it. Um, but also maybe maybe a cloud service provider like an AWS, who's who needs a place to put all those computers, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. they build their own data centers. Sometimes they they outsource to to providers like DataBank, um, and so we kind of cater to to all different types. And we also have our own cloud platform. So in addition to coming in and just putting your own equipment in our space, we actually have um, mm -hmm. uh, a bare metal and a and a, and a typical cloud platform um, where you can rent space on existing computers as well. Mm -hmm. So that's a relatively small part of the business. So when we start talking about customer experience and the customer journey, mm -hmm. I mean, for a lot of folks listening on this, they may think, well, you know, come on, you've got a data center, you've got computers there, you know, what kind of customer journey is there? And you know, why, why, why are we talking about customer experience in this particular yeah. case? Can you talk to that in some respect? Because I know you've got some really good ideas and we start talking about archetypes and stuff like that. So I'm yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. So, so at the end of the day, you know, we are hosting for these companies, um, really, really important workloads. Sometimes it is their entire business. You know, if you're an online business, if you are doing software as a service or something, you know, those those applications, those servers, that software, that's running in these data centers and it can't go down. So, you know, the the first thing we we got in touch with when I got here was kind of the purpose around the company. And I had developed my own sort of alternative to mission, vision, and values that I called purpose, way, and impact. And it was sort of three stages of a rocket. It was an easier way to tell a story for people right. to remember kind of what we're all about. And the first stage of that rocket's the most important one. It's, it's, and it doesn't have to be sexy and cool. It's just, why are we here? What's the thing that we simply can't accept, you know, that exists in the world and we want to change it, right? We can't, we can't stand it. And that's that people shouldn't have to worry about that underlying infrastructure. These mm -hmm. companies need to be able to run those applications and use them to change everybody's lives for the better. And they shouldn't have to worry about the underlying infrastructure. And so, you know, our, our purpose is to take that worry away. So that's really important to their customer experience, right? They're turning over some really important infrastructure mm -hmm. to run in somebody else's facility. They need to know it's there. And so not only technically do you have to be able to run that well, but you got to give them really right. solid peace of mind that the now do you do this do you do this uh this uh, uh assession this evaluation with a, the senior executive team how does that work where you get everybody on board as you start going and and what were those three stages of the rocket again the purpose the way and the impact so your purpose is sort of the first stage of the rocket it's like why do we exist right why did we start business in the first place well people shouldn't have to worry about their it infrastructure right that's the most and it's visceral it's very simple got it your way is going to be, how do you go about pursu pursuing that purpose in a way that's different mm -hmm. from other companies in the same business, right? Because let's face it, this is, at the end of the day, 
uh, a business about building buildings that host computers. Like other people can build right. the exact same things with the same technology. Right. How are you going to do it differently? Yeah. That's where the culture comes in, right? And the values and sort of maybe some of the technical things that you, maybe this, some of the technical ways you do it. And then the third stage of that rocket is the impact. And instead of like a vision statement where, you know, a lot of companies will say, well, we want to be the best company about blah, blah, blah. And it's, right. you know, about you. This is about getting into orbit. You know, you've achieved your purpose. You're looking down at the rest of the world. And how have you impacted everybody else's lives? Mm -hmm. So if we can achieve our purpose that they don't have to worry about this infrastructure, they're able to build incredible applications, do mm -hmm. things that, you know, literally change lives and make the world a better place. And, you know, we see that with, we saw it during the pandemic when we had, uh, we were donating capacity to companies who were doing, uh, you know, supercomputing uh, platforms to identify how we're gonna how we're gonna solve COVID. Right? These are the things that these companies can do, um, uh, or customers can do when they don't have to worry about keeping the lights on in this infrastructure. Mm -hmm. They can just go grow this stuff. And got it, got it. So, so the why, the way, the impact, the purpose, yeah. the difference, and and how are you really impacting lives? So, so you brought <clears throat> this into the organization, and yep. how did it? How did how 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 has it? been doing since you got so on So it's board. great. I mean, we've, we've grown tremendously. The company's gone from about 200 people to about 800 people uh, since I got here in 2019. So it's grown very fast. Some of that's been acquisition. A lot of it's been organic. Um, but but culturally, we've really built something I think that's, that's special. And, you know, everybody here knows what the purpose is. Um, but we've also tried to build a little bit of a, of a system, an operating system around culture. And, and culture is one of those things that it's an intangible right mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. you need to when you have a large number of people that you need to have um understand and kind of, if you want to be intentional mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. building a culture you need to have mm -hmm. you need to have context and so right. the way we did that was by turning to an archetypal uh, mm. system right now this culture. this is this is of interest of great interest because yeah. as we start to know the monomyth the joseph campbell myth you know, yeah. I, I I use that in my work a lot. Is really yeah. understanding the hero's journey, and mm -hmm. you know, along that journey, there are different archetypes, and there are different ways of looking yeah. at individuals' personas, if you will. So tell yeah. tell us a little bit more about what happened with that. So so culture talk was the first survey instrument that was designed around measuring the presence of archetypes within a culture, so collectively within a group of people. Um, and you know we're the the theory behind it is that you know we're very um, you know Carl Jung believed that these these uh, characters, if you will, were almost genetically imprinted on us from tens of thousands of years of storytelling, right? And we see them ad in advertising and and in media, um, as you as you mentioned. Um, so so this instrument identifies uh, around the presence of twelve different archetypes. We've done the survey a couple of different times. We also use there's an individual version of it, so individuals can do it to recognize their own um uh, archetypes but what it did is it gave us a common language uh, uh so we could talk about everybody in the company could talk about uh archetypes in the same way and what's really interesting about them is when you see the archetypes that rise to the top because there's always a couple that are stronger mm -hmm. uh, and you know what the behaviors are of those archetypes now everybody can kind of see them and they become mm -hmm. a lot more uh visible and you can have a common language to talk about them um, mm -hmm. and archetypes also have uh strengths and shadows and so most of the value is understanding what the shadows are. As an example, we're right. an organization that's very dominated by heroes. 
mm -hmm. like to take on and heroes want to win and they want to come to the rescue and they want to and they run towards the danger right if you think about right. the marine right. corps advertisements everybody's mm -hmm. running away but they're Absolutely. running towards the danger yep. doctors without borders is another great brand you know people going in the hardest situation we kind of see that in the in the customers that we get people who have incredibly complex compliant uh, mm. heavily compliant mm -hmm. workloads they need to put it in a place where it's going to be absolutely mm -hmm. secure and safe sometimes they've had a problem they've you know been had spit something's been compromised they've had mm -hmm. some hacking you know whatever they've had infrastructure that failed so we kind of rally the wagons and we'll do whatever it takes to win these really complicated deals heroes right. when they don't win can also when there isn't victory they can turn inward and they can become bullying there can be politics it can be backstabbing right so that needs to be balanced. You can be on the, you can, that's once you know what those, that's the shadow, that's the, the shadow, shadow side. Right. And so what, once you know what these shadows are to these archetypes, right. you can start to look for them and you can manage them. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. what we've been able to do is not only do this across the organization. And in our case, that's also these energies balance each other. So the hero is mm -hmm. really balanced by the caregiver. The mm -hmm. caregiver is the second strongest one in our organization. It's all about serving the customer. So that energy, that, that aggressiveness mm -hmm. of the hero is now balanced by mm -hmm. It's always in behalf of the customer. Keep that right. in mind. And we also have a really strong every person or every man, sometimes it's known as. And that's a very, mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody rolls up their sleeves. Everybody contributes. There's not a lot of ego here. There's not a lot of layers to the organization. Right. It's very democratic. And we always have each other's backs. And so those mm -hmm. energies, and then we also have a sage, which is the fourth one. And it's very disciplined and, and mm -hmm. process oriented and data driven and, and, and accountable, transparent, right? And when you think about it, for a company's mm -hmm. job is to take on and take the worry out of managing these mission critical infrastructures. That's what you want. Right. Somebody's going to come right. to the rescue, do what it takes on behalf of the customer, has each other's backs and has real precision kind of that's beautiful i love that i love it's that absolutely beautiful yeah and, and you those know, are so, the four that are dominant in our so it's not just range. about building it's not just about buildings and computers no, i mean it's, no, it's, it's a little it's yeah. it's a lot more because building. under underneath all that and, and you know we talked about ai a little earlier but underneath yeah. all that are, are is a human being with a heart and at the heart of it you've actually gone in taken a look at the heart and yep. look to go ahead and define it or connect it with the head so that you exactly. really understand how people yep. are ticking, how yep. your organization's ticking, and how to go ahead and apply that in the real world. Yeah, Beautiful. absolutely. And we're now taking that framework and we're driving it down into individual teams. I was in the city yesterday with a with the leadership of our data center uh, ops teams and you know, they're, each of them in regions are, want to now take that survey and do it with their teams so that their teams have their individual archetypes mm -hmm. and they understand how they fit into the large organization. Mm -hmm. And it really helps when you're having difficult conversations, mm -hmm. you know, when you're trying to get people to to, to work together, um, invariably, you know, you have conflict and, and people will mm -hmm. jump to conclusions and start, start you know, going to now, the stories is, that they form in their heads. And Is there a measurement system that you're using to go ahead and <clears throat> get to this? I uh, just, you, you're saying, I'm Obviously, there's an assessment that they take. Is this yeah. your assessment or is this a no? It's the culture talk. Can, it's the culture talk, talk assessment. assessment. Yeah. So, culture talk has two different surveys. One is an organization-wide survey, and the other one is an individual survey. Got one it. Measures okay. your so personal you're archetypes. Got it. Yeah. One. Yeah. And so we're using that. And 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 again, it comes with a lot of different tools. And and you know, cheat sheets like, hey, how do two archetypes? have uh where do they get along where do they typically have conflict how do you stop and and this is where i think all this stuff comes back to mindfulness is that you know so much of business is, is about people and relationships even when you're in a business like ours it's about computers and buildings at the end of the day it's about people and you know we all tell stories in our head we all have mm -hmm. our our um our individual archetypes and but most of the time we're not aware of that and mm -hmm. and one of the best things i learned in coaching is you got to meet people mm -hmm. where they're at 
right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the assessments that are out there mm-hmm. are, 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 there's a ton of great different kinds of assessment, disk, mm-hmm. you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. But this one's really simple because everybody understands archetypes and it's mm-hmm. kind of like a great introduction to this whole idea of mindfulness, right? Yeah. I have people who, who, are, who are in roles that you would never think would embrace this kind of stuff. In fact, most of them are not. They come here and they go, what is this culture stuff? I don't believe in this. Like, go ahead, you know, mm-hmm. just tell me what I got to right. do for my no, job. Just give me meat and potatoes. That's yeah, yeah. It. And yeah. then they go through this and they're like, oh, wow, I never realized. Yeah, I, I, I could have told you I was a hero, but I didn't know about these shadow sides. And now mm-hmm. I see it and it's like the first step to mm-hmm. opening their minds to be like, you got to meet them where that. Like, like, oh, this is easy. I get it. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not too complicated. It's not too theoretical. They, they, they just, they can grasp it. And then all of a sudden they're on the path to now pausing, assuming some positive intent right. before, you know, right. they react to something and it's, it, it opens the door and creates that possibility. So we started with a, what we thought was a really simple way to introduce the organization and mm-hmm. everybody to what culture means to a common language to a mm-hmm. set of characters that everybody could relate to and understand and it's right it's right fabulous. well i think that's wonderful because what you're doing is you're giving them uh, an opportunity to you know really understand all the floors in the building if you will from an analogy yeah. and you're giving them the uh, the elevator to get up to the top the real question yeah. that i i mean if we look at it from the viewpoint of people being at the heart of the operation then the real question is is how do they show up as their best self. So I think this area of mindfulness is very important. You know, we use it to help people to not only recognize when they've got the shadow there, but to also help to self-regulate and -hmm. come back to a point where they're, you know, they're able to go ahead and put the genie back in the box or (laughs) put the genie back in the bottle, right? But it you all know, starts so with awareness. You got to be aware of it, it first. It, right? it all starts with awareness and it all starts with the individual uh, making some changes. So yeah. when you start to take a look at um, your operation and how effective your programs are, what kinds of things do you use to measure effectiveness in terms of the strategies that you're putting in place in yeah. the organization? And maybe, you know, how does that relate to the customer? How does that, are you using the traditional strategies like CSAT and, you know, uh, uh, customer survey uh, uh, measurements or you yeah. know, what does that, what does that look like? Yeah. So we're, we're doing uh, EN, uh, NPS um mm-hmm. for customers um, net promoter and, score uh-huh. yeah right. net promoter score um and then we also do an enps uh internally um and then we have a, a, a survey we do a deeper survey kind of a brand culture health check survey we call it um mm-hmm. twice a year um which is a more extensive one um the the approach we took my belief coming in was that you know when you call culture requires three things you have to understand it first so that mm-hmm. became the um the archetype platform, right? Mm-hmm. Go in, make sure you run everybody through a process. They're all on the same page. They all feel bought in and you reveal what are the the, the archetypes that are at the heart of the culture. The next thing mm-hmm. you need to do is you need to develop some messaging around that, mm-hmm. right? And so that is a set of values and some messages and we keep it pretty simple. There are seven of them in total that make up the data bank way we call it. Um, they're all tied to the archetypes. So one of them is, you know, um, inspiring confidence. That's the hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, another one is, um, being data centered. That's the, you know, play on the business. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the sage. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everybody kind of recognizes it. So you got that messaging layer and then a lot of companies come and stop there. And, but the third part, you got to operationalize it. And so what we chose to do was to put in place a, an online hub. And we did this initially right at the beginning of the, of the pandemic. So right mm-hmm. after everybody went into lockdown and I mean, it was, transformative for the organization. It created this kind of digital hub where everybody could go internally. 
not only learned about this culture, but we could we created a whole uh, recognition system around these seven values. So mm-hmm. any employee can send anybody else an e-card effectively against one of these seven values. So, mm-hmm. and every day you can go into what we call the vault, uh, this data bank was the name of the company. We called the online hub, the vault. It's where we keep right. our culture secure. Yeah. Very good. Right. And, you know, Bill backstory, data bank's headquarters in Dallas is in the federal reserve building, uh, oh. the former federal reserve <laughs> building downtown, which has a That's vault great. in the basement. That's wonderful. Where, yeah. Yeah. Where they supposedly held Lee Harvey Oswald for a period of time in between, uh, when they were moving mm. around, but mm. I don't know if it's mm. true, but, um, so we, so on the vault, you can go in there every day and, um, every employee has access to it and you can send a kudos or an e-card to any other employee and it can be, Hey, mm-hmm. thanks for inspiring confidence. And then every one of them has a little story. And so mm-hmm. this now became, uh, every one of the, you'll see dozens of them in there every day. They're examples. Mm-hmm. How is somebody actually living out the data bank way or doing mm-hmm. things in a data bank mm-hmm. way? What are examples of somebody inspiring confidence or being data centered or putting mm-hmm. people first? That's your caregiver and your every person, right? We mm-hmm. have. We have these values and they're, they're simple and they're assuming positive intent, right? They're all about just think triggers to get, remind people how to behave and to be a little bit more mindful mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. recognize each other. And so we see, and of course, obviously we have all the reporting on that. So we can see the recognition. And I mean, it exploded when we first mm-hmm. rolled this thing out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we probably That's do great. like 500 a month now. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like every day, there's like a mm-hmm. few, few dozen recognitions going on. So we can measure that. We also do ENPS. So we get we get feedback mm-hmm. um, through that and we see how employees are, are feeling. And then, um, you know, there's obviously the anecdotal stuff. You know, how quickly and there's other things we measure, like, you know, how quick open recs, how quickly we're able to hire people. Mm-hmm. And and then there's just a lot of the, you know, you know, the, the, the things that you see when you're out there. And as I was sharing mm-hmm. with you earlier, you know, I just came back from our sales kickoff and like the right. energy and you hear it from these you know partners who were there who came and sponsored, um, you know, different vendors who sponsored our sales kickoff. And they were like, wow, we go to a lot of. Um, you know, uh, sales mm-hmm. kickoffs for the companies mm-hmm. and, and we sponsor a lot of them and they don't feel like this, you know, and, and mm-hmm. just these incredible, you, you get, you get the sense that it's, mm-hmm. it has an effect. Um, well, but it sounds it's like been, it's working. I mean, you've gone from 200 to 800 employees, 800 people. And, and, wow. and we're spread out across in three years you know, in the last three years in the last three years. And we're spread wow. out across 30 markets. So you're not wow. talking about in our people all in one location, you know, right. when you know, Zappos, one of, one of the uh, uh, people who works for me came from Zappos, mm-hmm. recruited her from there. And she, she had, you know, she said we, we had, you know, 800,000 people, but they were basically in, you know, two locations, Las Vegas and somewhere else. So you could create that you know, a real vibrant culture because everybody's in one location or the bulk of people. you know, we're, we're spread out across 30 locations. So it's, and a lot of people are still working remote. Mm. So that was the other benefit of having this, the vault, this online hub Mm -hmm. was that we were able to build kind of this digital town square where people could come and interact and connect with each other and learn who each other was, Mm. you know, Mm. and, and then we also did some other things, um, very early on in the pandemic, which we've carried on. One of them was, uh, a company-wide game show called Keymaster. So there's a theme oh, here, right? Wow. Data Bank, The Vault, Keymaster. Uh-huh. Right? I love it. I love and, it. And this thing was an I incredible story. <laughs> yeah. So we, is, it, it, we, is the, that like first, from Ghostbusters? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got the key to the vault? Kind of like, right. <laughs> So, so, uh, right after we went into lockdown, we had, we had, um, we had rolled out sort of this initial archetypes and messaging and I had stood up, a uh, an ambassador group of people around mm-hmm. the company who were going to be kind of like cultural ambassadors. And, um, and when we went into the lockdown, uh, I got, a, I organized a call and I said, Hey, what are you guys doing to kind of keep teams? What are you seeing people do to keep teams mm-hmm. together? And one of them was the service delivery team and they were doing a, every Friday, 
at like four o'clock jumping on and one guy was leading a um just a uh like a trivia you know kind of a thing he would put together some trivia questions and they would just it was like you know on chat on on what, zoom what, what, what. you know put it select your answers in and it was just for fun he goes why don't we i could show people and give them the materials and they could do that with their own teams and i thought to myself i'm like what if we did this as a company-wide game show once a week and he's right. like i love it and he's right. a really great energetic guy right, um right, great right, personality so we in a month pulled this thing together and every thursday we would do this at five o'clock and everyone in the company would get on zoom to watch four or five contestants go through this and it was like data bank <laughs> trivia it was like industry trivia it was like movie trivia and then there was a winner and then we did that and there was a whole playoff and then a championship round and now we do it every year at the holiday we do like a, mm -hmm. a key master holiday episode oh, that's great. but that's they were fantastic we recorded every one of them put it up as a vault post on the you know as a blog post on the vault and people could if they missed it they could go watch Right. Right. and you know it just it was like this incredible company-wide event when everyone was at home um you know but we were all together and mm -hmm. so i think that's you know the benefit of kind of knowing who you are and you learned about everybody else in the company mm -hmm. and you know obviously you got pro people got profiled and, you know we've continued to do stuff mm -hmm. like that because it's it, it's it, it helps as you grow and so, you get bigger, you know? so if we start taking a look at the uh the archetype work right you know understanding mm -hmm. The whole area of uh you know this cultural assessment uh you went from the why the way the impact you went ahead you started to take a look at the culture itself you created this cultural assessment and then you know in terms of the messaging you reinforce that with yep. the understanding of the culture the messaging around that what does that look like and mm -hmm. then uh, you had this recognition system i just want to get that back to, to that for a moment is this your mm -hmm. own homegrown system where you were able to create these cards and do these yeah. kinds of things or is that something that you white labeled or what does that yep. look like we we, we white labeled a, a platform called reward gateway uh -huh. so it's a, a, a company that's in the uk and the us mm -hmm. and it had been a tool that i had been looking at as a consultant for a number of years and wanted to always implement i mm -hmm. thought it was a great way to bring to life or operationalize i call it operationalizing mm -hmm. the culture right. um and uh, and hadn't had a chance to do it, but when I got here full time, I said I'm going to do this. So we mm -hmm. we had begun that um, mm -hmm. the, the planning for that in like February of 2020, mm -hmm. um, and then we went into lockdown. We continued the planning. We rolled it out in July of that year. Um, right, but, right. Well, um, I mean, it, and that sounds wonderful because then you've right. got this real time system that mm -hmm. is giving individuals feedback internally based yeah. on their performance and what they're doing, and then. You went even further to go ahead and you created this game show. You created yeah. this culture around it. You've yeah. got people, you had this event. There was a real vibe there. Everything was happening. So my question around all of this is when you start taking a look at, you know, how this improves the customer or the employee. I mean, I can see how it improves the employee experience. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering if there are some like real world examples of how this really impacted, let's say your NPS scores, or let's say your overall yep. growth, customer growth, or, you know, whatever the feedback mechanism might be, that might be yeah. a little bit more tangible. Uh, do you have any success stories that you can share? So, yeah, I mean, I think, so obviously there's a lot of data around, mm -hmm. um, the employee experience, right? And we and we see that, right? Recognitions right. going up, you know, the positive scores, uh, you know, on the surveys and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, at the customer level, I think where you see it translate is 
you know, I think it's two things. One, we're recruiting great people. Like mm -hmm. we're attracting, you know, and we're retaining people. And especially in the last year when there's been a lot of, you know, turnover in the organization, we've had some too, but we've maintained, we've really held on to great people and we've attracted more great people as a result of it. And, you know, um, and we're a small company, so we're not paying what, you know, a Google or an AWS is paying, right? But we're, we're attracting great talent. And that great talent usually comes with, um, you know, delivers the great customer experience, you know, and the, the better people you have here, the mm -hmm. better you're going to do serving those customers. So that's, that's been one really important thing. And the other thing is that, um, you know, when it's, it's, it's the attitude that these employees have when a customer walks in, right? So, you know, we're going, we're doing whatever it takes to win these deals and then we're getting them installed on time. We're creating a great experience when these customers come in, the data centers are, you know, they're clean, they're organized, you know, these guys are there to service you. It's all about that attitude and, and, and kind of pushing it down and making them realize what the purpose of their work is. And, you know, mm -hmm. so I think now is that, how do you measure that stuff? You know, I haven't figured that out yet, but you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're only, I think we're at the very beginning of this journey, but you know, you see it in the feedback you get from customers, you know, on the, on those NPS scores. Um, you, you know, I, I notice it when I go into the data center and you see this thing, you know, these are guys, I mean, who are running a data center that oftentimes it's a very, it's an entry level job. It can be very mechanical, you know, they're there to watch the security system, make sure, you know, um, certainly at that entry, at that entry level and they're, and they're bringing it, they're, they're bringing a maturity and an attitude to it that I think, you know, and a smile and a, and a, mm -hmm. and a willingness to serve the customer that, you know, you might not necessarily get at another data center. And we have, right. you know, customers have said that. So well, I, I had someone on um, the show recently and they were talking about friction and resolution and friction. And you, you might have a sense in terms of that whole conversation. Uh, right. But, but, you know, from, from that viewpoint, uh, do you, I mean, what is your, uh, a lot of people measure FCR, first call resolution. A lot of people look mm. at uh, escalations, you know, as a, as yeah. one of your guidelines. What does that look like, you know, within your organization? You know, I haven't tied it to that, um, but we have that data and that's all in the support group and, you know, the number of tickets. I mean, the ticket ratings and I see those ticket ratings and the customer NPS are, re are really high and the, um, the, the, you know, I th I don't remember what the numbers are of him, but they, they resolve a lot of them on that on that mm -hmm. first on that first pass. So there's probably data I could dig into there. Um, I haven't done that yet. You know, I mm -hmm. haven't I haven't taken it um, that that far. Um, but that's probably well, the next step. Well, there step you go. That's that's yeah, one of the reasons you why you're here. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And 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 I mean, I think, yeah. And and you know, like I said, right, we're still early in the journey on this. A lot of it has been. We've also grown so fast that a lot of uh, the focus has been like, let's continue to just make sure we're doing the right thing for the customers for that, you know, or for the for the employees. Because if I take care of the employees, I've always believed if you take care of the employees, mm -hmm. you know, you will by definition take care of the business and the customers. Right. right. You know? I totally and, believe that. Yeah. Yeah. That's and the and part now of the, the next. And how do I make sure? Let me measure first, and I make taking care of the employees, and then I think the next step in this journey is how do I see and measure where it's impacting the other parts mm -hmm. of the business. Beautiful. But I would say, Beautiful. you know, we're not there yet, you know, and okay. and um, and there's a lot more to do, and this is continuous work, you know. I think mm -hmm. when I'm coming, going, being being a consultant for 15 years doing this, and then coming in and doing it yourself, mm -hmm. you know, is a different experience, and it's been right. great because it's well, it's very, very, very exciting, and I love this why way yeah. impact. The cultural assessment, the 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 journey that you brought the organization yeah. on, you know, and I'm wondering because we were talking a little earlier 
before we started to get on the podcast, I was wondering specifically around artificial intelligence. And, you know, it's like everywhere, mm. ChatGPT, you know, yeah. about, you know, the whole idea of, and you and I were, we knew each other back in the outsourcing days when people were going yeah. to other countries, they're still doing that. But to a large extent, the new outsource area, whether or not it's for the gig economy or whether or not it's in organizations to mm -hmm. really help individuals be more efficient and effective is yep. the use of AI. Where do you see that playing in your organization, if at all, or yeah. in the in the in the space, if you will, as we start to go forward? Absolutely. Well, for one thing, it's going to be a huge driver of demand for data mm -hmm. center capacity. You know, um, there's estimates that um, you know, every, you know, query on chat GPT takes like, you know, seven, seven times or eight times as expensive because of the cost of the compute power, um, as well as the power to run those machines and then the cooling, right? So these, and, and so the density that it requires for these neural networks to do both the first step of learning, you know, all these AI programs, they have to do the learning process first. Mm -hmm. It's very compute intensive, takes months or years. And then there's the inquiry, right, of the mm. people actually submitting inquiries. Mm just requires a tremendous amount of compute very dense very uh uh high capacity computers that generate a lot of heat they need to be powered they need to be cooled in these data centers so and they need space and so it is and right now the data center industry you know um is under high demand and you need land and it takes a long time to build a data center you know these are two three year projects and they fill up very quickly and you got to have power and you want green power right more sustainable power mm -hmm. um and so and you have supply chain issues of getting these things built right it's like everything else so it's gonna it's gonna it's already under high demand mm -hmm. and it's gonna increase a lot more Mm -hmm. And um, so that's, you know, in the business world for us, I think it's a good thing. It's going to be a big driver of demand over the next 10 years. Right. Uh, so you still need the pro you still need the property plant and equipment in order to operate it, you know, regardless of how more. smart, regardless of how smart it is. Yeah. And you, yeah. you, you, okay. And you need people that understand the technology. Exactly. Yeah, you need people that can understand it, know how to cool it. And there's all sorts of technology emerging. There's, you know, water chip based cooling stuff now that's going on. So it's not just about air conditioning. You know, it's incredible right, right. The stuff that's going on there. So that's exciting. But on on a internal basis, you know, we look at it, and I and I like a lot of people. I'm, I, my background is kind of as a writer, a marketer, a messaging guy, right? And I was like, oh wow, you know. And our and we have a bunch of outsourced writers we work with. And their first thought when they looked at it was, oh, our jobs are gone. And I and I kind of looked at it, and I've been playing with it for the last couple of weeks. And I said, you know what? I actually think it's it's a it's a force multiplier. You mm -hmm. know, this is when as a writer, somebody who's written a lot, it, you know, I tend to spend eighty percent of my time on. I got to get the factual thing that research, I'm, you know, blog post right, or whatever. Yeah, yeah the research. I got to get that right. And maybe I'm spending 20% of my time, you know, creating the voice and the tone that is on brand, right, for that right. for that company. I think this flips it around. And I think mm. writing becomes a much more creative exercise in that now the nuts and bolts of the research of getting the basic outline of an argument together, you don't have to do. You still got to validate some of this stuff. But mm -hmm. I have gone in and said, you know, chat, GPT, give me a blog post about, you know, how high performance compute can be supported by co-location data right. centers with blah, 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 you know, and it spits back, you know, the perfect mm -hmm. outline, which then a writer could take and say, okay, I want to now sit down with all the subject matter experts at databank. Let me go to the colo ops guy. Let me go to the guy right. who's in charge of mechanical stuff. Let me go to the network guy and fill out, how are we doing it specifically? What's our mm -hmm. approach? You know what I mean? And you, and so all of a sudden it becomes 
of, you know, what would have taken you two weeks, you could probably get done in two days. Mm -hmm. And right. I think that that's and, how and, we and what might have taken five people really only requires one or two. Possibly. Yeah. But, but I mean, we only have two outsourced writers anyway. So it's right. not, I'm not necessarily taking that work away from anybody. It's just those guys are able to produce that much more. Right. Um, I also think there's some downside to it, right? It's going to, I read an article somewhere that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's driving the cost of a buddy of mine on, on LinkedIn, actually, Peter Lafter wrote, it's driving the cost of bullshit to zero. So you're going to be inundated with crap of just like anybody can write anything. And so right. what but the his optimistic take on it was we will become much more discriminating consumers of content. We are going to have to decide and it will generate more need for more human to human contact because we're not going to believe as much of what we read. So, you know, who knows where this stuff plays out? I, mm. I, I tend to be an optimist. I'm an innocent. That's my archetype, my lead archetype. So I always see the glasses as half full. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is something that we have to manage, you know, as humanity, but that It'll like the internet itself. It brought good and it brought bad, and we have to manage our way through it. So that's that's beautiful. So um, I think that um, what you're doing is you're painting a a picture. There was some of what you started to talk about in terms of you know property, plant, and equipment. I started mm -hmm. to think you know I, suddenly I fell into the matrix. You know, I was like, oh my god, the computers are taking over. We will become <laughs> the batteries. The computers will go ahead and run the programs. Oh no, you know. But I don't think I don't that's happening. I don't know. There's so much not anytime soon. Yeah. You need you need robot or you need truly you need robots who yeah. have, you know, yeah. capable yeah. Of, of doing what we can do. Yeah. But you, there's a lot yeah. of human there's a lot of hands on in the background to make right. this stuff work, you know. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. That's me with the psychedelics kicking in. Sorry <laughs> <about that> <laughs> we're not there yet. Maybe a hundred years we'll we're, we're, we're not there yet. So uh yeah. but uh so it sounds to me, uh, you know, I, I'm looking at the time. I know that uh, we've spent some really good time chatting here. Uh, it sounds to me like you've really found a place where you can help them um, find their soft side because, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, for the most part, you know, this, this the property plant and equipment is not all that human. It doesn't necessarily yeah. always have a heart. And I think mm -hmm. it sounds to me like what you've done and certainly through the multiplier effect, you've helped grow this business substantially yeah. and you've created the heart and the culture and the, um, the, the, the feeling tone throughout the culture yeah. that really helps individuals vibe. And now you're looking at, okay, how do we continue to not only build that, but translate that back into customer growth and yeah. customer satisfaction. Extend it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a fair, it's a fair summary. That, that's that's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. So so JP, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, maybe find out a little bit more about you know this uh, this rocket ship of yours uh, and or <laughs> you know yeah, yeah and uh, and or maybe you know tap into some of your knowledge, expertise, and enthusiasm. Sure, uh, absolutely. So yeah, they can uh, they can contact me at DataBank um, or on LinkedIn. Um, uh, my my email address is jlaqueur, J-L-A-Q-U-E-U-R at databank.com. Um, and I think I still have purposewayimpact.com set up, which points to my old consulting site. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, cool. Yeah, and they can at brandfoundations.us and they can they can get some information there. But yeah, always, you know, love to share sort of the journey that we've been on um, and how we've done this. I don't think there's a lot of companies that have kind of brought all the pieces together to mm -hmm. both understand message and operationalize a culture mm -hmm. like we have. And so um, and using the tools that are out there and, and, you know, we I feel like we have a really good playbook of how to do this. And mm -hmm. and uh, I'm excited to continue developing that here at mm -hmm. Data Bank. And, 
Well, it's exciting. It's exciting to see how you brought the tone of mindfulness and experience into the organization and really help the organization to breathe a lot more clearly. So and made it accessible, I think, you know, made it really accessible for people, which is the key. Yeah, which is fun. Uh, So uh, uh, I really want to thank you, my friend, for being here. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom with us. And uh, uh, we'll see you. uh, We'll see you again soon, I'm sure. You bet. All right. right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We have other exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. For more mindfulness tips and tricks, visit our website at workmindfulness.com. Thanks again for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience. This is Keith Fiveson.